Welcome to episode 34 of El Police Radio. I'm your host, Alpha Mike. What are we going to talk about today? Well, the United States Marshal, the Marshal Service, the oldest law enforcement agency in the country. What do they do? How do they do it? How long have they been doing it? And what are the requirements today on El Police Radio? pissed off. I'm tired. I'm upset. Again, two deputies shot cold blood in the middle of eating lunch, Florida. Officers in Dallas shot at. It is an epidemic. And off of the baloney and off of finding out the FBI's too busy trying to find out if Trump wears hairspray. Russia this, prostitutes, pissing on beds. Enough already. Our country is out of control and nobody cares. Nobody cares. We've got officers being killed day in, day in, day in and day out. They are leaving loved ones behind, little children. It's time to put some of these idiots away. There's a conspiracy in this country. You know what? Just play the play the music. Stop the music. We've got an FBI that's completely was completely out of control. We have a director of the FBI that was spying on whoever it wanted to spy on. And 
assistant director that was out of control, people that were out of control, warrants with no justification, with no evidence. Our country is out of control. The top law enforcement agency has gone amok, amok. They've done whatever they wanted. They've investigated U.S. citizens with lies and, and lies and lies just to get rid of one person. I am tired of it. When is someone going to get in trouble? When is someone going to go to jail? Listen to me and listen to me closely. If it was you, you wouldn't have a chance. Put on the music again. Stop the music again. Not only is our FBI out of control, not only are our officers and deputies getting shot like animals out in the street, we have politicians in Washington that are obstructionist. They're corrupt. They don't want to work for you, the citizen. They want to do whatever the hell they want to do and forget the United States Constitution. How long are you going to sit there and take this baloney? What can you do? There's plenty you can do. Put on the music. Go straight to the news. Straight to the news. One. Dallas police officer dies. We didn't even finish burying the deputies in Florida. Two of them. And now this. Dallas police officer dies days after shooting. The gunman accused of opening fire at a Dallas home improvement store, killing one police officer and critically injuring two others, was initially detained because he was acting suspiciously and may have tried to steal from the store, an arrest warrant revealed Wednesday. He was stealing from a store, so he just thought he'd kill somebody, and that being a cop. Ridiculous. This is ridiculous. It's time for the United States, 
Department of Justice to start organizing an investigation. What is wrong with these people that are governmental officials in the middle of their swamp pass a law, kill a cop, you're dead. That's what needs to happen like yesterday. Enough of this. I'm tired. Two. Maine. Deputy sheriff. Fatally shot. Suspect at large. Law enforcement officials are vowing to maintain a heavy police presence overnight as the search continues for one man accused of killing a deputy in Maine. Police are searching for 29-year-old John Williams of Madison after they said he killed the Somerset County Corporal Eugene Cole early Wednesday, stole his cruiser, and robbed the convenience store. The cruiser was later abandoned. Another maniac. There's no fear of authority anymore. It's a runaway train. Get off your asses in Washington and do something. I know it's difficult in the high mile club up there, but do something. It's ridiculous. One after another. Three. If you think for a minute that I can't get any more pissed off than what I am after reading these two horrifying stories of these heroes dying and what's been going on in this country over and over, you're wrong. Here's another one. Depressing the hell out of me once again. This person, person that I know, we went to high school together, Daryl DeSosa, okay? He's the commissioner of the Baltimore Police Department, and this is what he says. Baltimore Commissioner apologizes for 200 years of policing. On April 18th, Baltimore Police Commissioner Daryl DeSosa addressed a crowd attending a concert of hip-hop group Eric B. Rackham, whatever the hell his name is, the Washington Times reports. DeSosa apologized for how police treat black communities since the nation's founding, according to the Baltimore Sun. I want to take 20 seconds to apologize for all the things that the police have done dating back 200 years, DeSosa said. 200 years ago, all the way to civil rights, all the way to the 80s where crack was prevalent in the cities and it affected disproportionately African-American men, all the way to the 90s and all the way to the 2000s when we had zero tolerance. Did you just hear what did I say? Did you hear what I said? This is nuts. This is, this is policing in America today today. We're apologizing for existing. We're apologizing for existing. I know, Darrell. We went to high school together. He was a star on the basketball team. He has a twin brother. They're from Jamaica, Queens. What the hell's wrong with you? You apologize? You, you have a job. Carry it out. So we're sorry because everybody we've ever arrested in Baltimore has been innocent? Are you kidding? That the, the government in Baltimore has shrunk your head 
your brain so much that you're repeating what these goofs are saying? Do you actually believe that? This is exactly the point that I've been making all along, folks. That this left, they groom their people, they go up the ladder, and they repeat what they're told like parrots. It is horrifying because you're insulting every person that ever placed the uniform on in Baltimore. You're insulting every law enforcement officer past, present, and future. We're not in the position of apologizing for something the government did. You're the police department of a city. This is ridiculous. And like this, there's money more. They're out there advocating for gun control, these chiefs of police. That's not your freaking job to advocate for gun control. Your job is to enforce, enforce the laws. You want to advocate for a law? Then become a private citizen and do it. But when you're wearing the freaking uniform, you represent everybody in that jurisdiction. They're out there all whining like little freaking schoolgirls about Second Amendment while these hypocrites are wearing guns themselves. You know, I'm pissed. I'm pissed. Where the, where the hell's the bugler? I'm going to try to do a show today. That's how aggravated I am. But today's show, we're going to talk about the U.S. Marshal, which is one of the oldest law enforcement agencies in America. In the Old West, the U.S. Marshal always brought the person back in from justice. They were looking for him. They, they would find him. They would drag him in, dead or alive. All these Westerns, you, you, you've seen tons of them. Well, today they're a little bit more modernized. Thank God they do exist because they do do a lot of things. They do court security. They also do fugitive. They find fugitives. They do prisons or, or jailing in Washington, D.C. They transport uh, felons as well interstate and sometimes overseas. Their organized task force in big cities all over the country looking for fugitives. And they have the witness protection program that a lot of criminals are in, and so they're forced to protect these criminals for the duration of their lives under the rules of the United States Marshals Witness Protection Bureau. They also, as I said, do court security, which is entitled taking security measures for judges as well as the courtrooms themselves. There's so much that they're empowered to do. They've been around for so many years. And as a result, they have stayed on mission. A little bit more than we can say about the FBI. They're too busy trying to examine what hairspray the president is using. Ladies and gentlemen, we've lost control. The highest law enforcement agency in this country is nuts. Completely nuts. Do you hear what I'm saying? Are you listening? They're completely nuts. They made up 
evidence to get phony warrants to spy on Americans and do all this other stuff to cover up a party, to cover up a Democratic Party and their corruption. And there's still people out there that don't believe it. What? What? Trump, Russia, Russia, Russia. That's who, that's it. See, it's Russia. That's all they know how to say. Now, one bit of freaking evidence. Everything is baloney. You've got this moron in there, Robert Mueller. You're not allowed to say that. That man is a hero. He's a scumbag. He's in there and he's running cover for the Democratic Party. Simple as that. And, and, and history is going to show all this. Their mask is going to fall off. We're all going to see it. And then some Democratic hack will show up and say, no, no, no. They got it all wrong. That's not what happened. Let's go on to something else. And that's it. The media won't cover it, and everybody will just go around and go about their business and have a picnic on Saturday. That's all. Until one day we lose the country. People need to get placed in custody. I'm going to say one more time if you're listening to me. If it was you, they wouldn't give you the time of day. You'd be in handcuffs so freaking fast, okay? You know, th this reminds me of a story. I'm going to break away from our, our lead here for just for a second. My buddy that just recently passed away a couple months ago, Gordo, which was a sergeant, there was an incident many years ago where there was a a mob associate in Miami that killed a made man of the Gambino family on the beach. Right down, I mean, literally on the beach. He got placed in custody of an investigation and so forth. And I wrote a report of who this knucklehead was they were bringing in. And more importantly, who the hell he killed because OCB hadn't really said anything. And the ties to the Cambino family came out. And this buddy of mine, Gordo, had certain issues with the defendant. And as a result, he whined, the defendant did, to the FBI because he was cooperating. And he said, if you don't lean on that sergeant, I'm not talking. Well, later on, it was discovered that this scumbag, that I hope he's doing a thousand freaking years, ended up with Gordo's personal file with address information, date of births of his kids, what school the kids go to, his wife, all that information was in his possession while in jail. And Gordo thought it was innocent enough. He'd just go over to the FBI um, main office in Miami. Sorry. The number you have reached is not in service. And he'd just basically Please sit there the and just, you know, talk to them about what's going on because this guy's got his personal information. 
They interrogated him for three hours. They told him that they would bring him in, take him into custody. They leaned on him like if he was some type of scumbag from the street. I always said the FBI was no good. I'd see him out in the range when I was a firearms instructor. They wouldn't even piss on you if you caught on fire. Bunch of scumbags, they walk right past you. And you tell them, hey, good morning, how are you? And they'd walk right past you. But when they needed something, hey, hey buddy, you guys got extra rounds? Freaking low life. And then there are all the media people. We're not talking about the, the agents. They do a fantastic job. The whole freaking department needs an enema. That's right. I said it. I guess I'll be part of the next investigation. United States Marshals. All right, so let's see if we can come up with the U.S. Marshals. Our, our brave marshal deputies. I, 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 you know, they always had well, one or two movies, not too many. I don't know Arnold did once uh, one about the U.S. Marshals. But I don't think they did enough. You know, FBI agent. But U.S. Marshals, you don't have that many. There's a couple good movies. They are. But um, anyway, they got history. So the United States Marshals Service is a federal law enforcement agent with the United States Department of Justice 28 U.S. Code 561. It is the oldest American federal law enforcement agency and was created by a judicial act of 1789 during the presidency of George Washington as the office of the United States Marshal. That's old, folks. That is old. Put that that in your shed. Yeah, that is old. And again, a lot of the things that they do, and they've, they've, they've had their issues. They are a very large agency, of course, um, a lot of the issues that they have are mostly related with task force and stuff like that. How does a task force work if you don't know? Let's say you're in a major metropolitan area and you might bring in one, two, three agency, law enforcement agencies, maybe the county, maybe the city, maybe a, 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 a small little city, and they'll bring in officers and deputies into this task force that's run by the U.S. Marshal. And they basically try to gain leads of people that are wanted fugitives, and they will round them up with this task force. Task forces will work for, you know, a a while. I believe there was a a show, I don't know if it's still on, on A&E, about uh, the U.S. Marshals and how they work. So pretty good, pretty good um, police work there for them. They're bringing in those federal resources that these local agencies need, and they're picking up some real bad dudes off the street. Well, that I can say about our friends over at the FBI. Yeah, sitting there drinking a cold one, trying to figure out what what the president's hairspray is. They also escort prisoners uh, to federal court, and if you ever been to federal court, they will do rounds in the judges' chambers. And walk around and, you know, they don't wear uniforms, mostly in uh, a suit and tie type of uh, uh, outfit. And um, they 
also guard prisoners, I believe, in the in Washington D.C. I know that they had a federal DOJ investigation on how they treat uh, inmates or prisoners in Washington D.C. Had to revamp that. They had to come up with uh, some solutions. Um, they had some um, deaths in custody as a result of suicides and so forth. So they have uh, court. The security officers, detention enforcement officers, and of course the fugitive squad or special uh, deputy uh, marshals as well. And 1789, that's a long time, folks. That is a long time. They work, of course, hand in hand with a lot of other federal agencies such as uh, the FBI. Uh, I guess they're trying to figure, the FBI probably want want to know if they have any leads on the hairspray, the Drug Enforcement Agency, Homeland Security, and so forth, and their rival, which is the Postal Inspectors, right? The United States Postal Inspector Service, which they also say that they're the oldest. There's a little rivalry there between them. I knew one of the deputy, well, no, I let me rephrase that. I knew the director of the United States Marshals Service, Eddie Gonzalez, during the Clinton administration. He was a deputy director for Miami-Dade or Metro-Dade Police Department. And he would always kid the, uh, the postal store. He would always say the story about the postal service that they like to say that they were the oldest um, law enforcement agency and so forth. And then, you know, Eddie's joke back then was, uh, carrying mails, law enforcement material, you know, more law enforcement duties. It was a little joke. But um, he was a great guy, a great guy, and he, and he ran that agency pretty well. Uh, his era was the era of the concrete barriers around federal <laughs> buildings. It was a new phenomenon during the uh, Clinton administration that he was appointed. And... Uh, so a lot of revamping uh, during that area uh, in uh, court security, uh, primarily. Long history. You can uh, basically, it's, it's so difficult to pin them down as being a normal run-of-the-mill law enforcement agency, even as a federal one where you have the DEA, that they primarily do drug investigations or Secret Service are into uh, counterfeiting and credit card crimes and so forth. And uh, FBI, of course, are into uh, hairspray. And all the other law enforcement agencies kind of have a defined role, but the U.S. Marshal, although they do have defined roles, they are... How, for lack of a better term, unique in law enforcement because they have a variety of assignments that they do. And uh, within the the um, the pay aspect of it, I I believe they're not the highest. They're they're pretty on the low end of the totem pole on that one. Sworn deputy U.S. marshals three thousand nine hundred fifty three, somewhere in that area. And 
It is a distinction to be a U.S. Marshal, of course. It, whoever is a, picked as uh, a U.S. Marshal in specific cities, they are de designated by the President of the United States, and they report to the Director of the U.S. Marshal Service. So they have um, a very unique duty, and as a result, America's better because of it. Their primary role back when they were first created and following was, you know, the old West type of mentality where in the American frontier that they were out there looking for these bad guys that the local sheriff really couldn't bring into justice. So they were mostly of that, uh, you know, bring them in dead or alive type of, uh, type of issue. And, uh, you know, that was in the era of uh, Virgil Arup er er and uh, Wyatt Arup and, and, and the Doc Holliday and, and, and all those uh, great legends, the OK Corral that you see on these uh, Western movies and so forth. And then they go into, you know, the 20th century and Prohibition. They had a role in, in dealing with that and so forth. Witness protection. It's probably one of the biggest and most secretive issues that they deal with because uh, it's just not one criminal organization anymore. Imagine all the people that are in the witness protection. I mean, you've got even from people that have uh, ran away from certain countries as spies. And they, of course, give testimony here in the U.S., and they end up in the witness protection program. Uh, criminal elements were all over, whether they're motorcycle, MCs, uh, Costa Nostra, uh, cartel, uh, you name it. Um, there is a very unique uh, bureau or section in the U.S. Marshal and being in the witness protection program. Uh, if you even blink the wrong way and violate their rules, they, uh, they fling you right out. They also have a special operations group and uh, was primarily created in 1971, and it's a tactical unit following the, the theme of the Los Angeles Police Department with SWAT back in the early 70s. So they created their own special operations group to, uh, to do these uh, fugitive arrests and so forth. Very well trained, very well equipped, and they, they, I said, they do a very, very fine job. They are the law enforcement agency in the federal government, I would say, that doesn't have the modern day reputation. Other ones have it, and it's a shame. And the reason it's a shame is because they have history. I'm not saying that they should steal the valor from other agencies. Of course not. But uh, you really don't see a lot of credit being given to U.S. Marshals. And, you, and I think it's because of the very roles that they play. But you will, they'll, you know, they'll be quick to, to start clapping for FBI agents and DEA agents. And in many cases, mostly uh, justified, of course. But uh, 
I would wish that uh, our friends over at the U.S. Marshals would also have a little, little bit more recognition. One of the things about the U.S. Marshals is they allow a lot of retired law enforcement agencies to come in as uh, deputies under specific roles, whether it's court, court security or transport and something like that. And they don't really stick to the age requirement of the United States government, which I believe is 36, 37, somewhere around there, which is totally ridiculous. Can't be older than that. They don't want you. The, the tolerant left, the Democrats, I they nice. They, they don't even enforce age discrimination. You can be 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years old and be a police officer in Florida, thanks to Claude Pepper. There's no age discrimination. You can do the push-ups, you can run the mile, you can shoot the course, you can pass the academy, put on a uniform. Well, Pops, there you go. Here's a badge. But not according to the federal government. You've got to be 36, 37, no older than that. And the marshals have a waiver for that for uh, retired folks, and uh, they have a lot of them. There is a huge section of that. So they're my heroes because they do that, because if you've been listening to El Police Radio, you know that one of our hot topics has always been bringing the retired guys, whether it's part-time, whether it's on a full-time, but don't allow that excellent knowledge to escape You've got to take that resource and you've got to use it. And thank God the United States Marshals are doing it. I feel a little bit better, folks, than I than I was when I first started. So now it's time for our O9 training tip. Recently, I noticed a feed on Twitter from a specific agency that I will not mention to avoid them any embarrassment. And they were, uh, I guess, very proud, and they should be, of um, the class that the staff members were taking part of. And it was a course on opioid. And uh, through the picture, I can kind of see a little bit of the individuals that were in the audience. And it was stand, status quo. Old timers, people that are leaving in, in 30 days, um, high-ranking officials. And all that is good. I'm not, I'm not knocking that. I think that those people have a place in receiving training probably first. So there's where we want to go with this training tip. Every agency, your high command should be trained in whatever evolution the department will receive first. As a result, it trickles down after that to the front line that are going to be doing on an everyday basis. It serves no purpose of mix and matching a course with a bunch of people that will never use the skill that they were learned. Is there a viscous liability to that? There sure is. Is there malfeasance and nonfeasance? You bet your ass there is. I know that some of these agencies, their their lawyers, the department lawyer will probably say, no, there isn't. 
Well, they never got sworn in and they're full of shit. They will be. It's why you do things systematically and that way you'll never have a problem. High command, everybody's in favor of what was trained, policy is written, then you go down to the front line and make sure that they know what the department's expectations are in the evolution that was trained. And that has been the 09TG training tip. Now it's time for the conversation. You know, the music that we opened up with was a little less conversation, a little bit more action. And in many ways, the scriptures in the Lord, Jesus basically told us the same thing. You see, a lot of conversation about how to proceed doesn't do you any good if you don't put it to practice. It's so important to learn the scripture, to understand the scripture, and then to put the scripture to work. Every day, if you look at scripture, read a couple of verses, understand their meaning. Look to search for that knowledge of understanding what the scripture means. If you do that on a constant basis, and it becomes second nature, the word starts to grow. It starts to teach through the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, you are more and more educated as a result to what you've been learning. Now it's time to put that into practice. And there are many elements of Scripture that we have to put in practice. Patience, God's understanding, fear of God, which produces wisdom. And as a result, you can minister to many people through that wisdom. It doesn't come without a price, and it doesn't come easily. I've heard many people talk scripture, but not understand scripture. They say certain things that don't make any sense for a follower of scripture. As you know, and I'm not in any way downgrading any Catholic. I was a Catholic. But some of the things that this current pope that they have has said are shocking. His last episode, he said, and I'm sorry I have to say it like that, but it's turned into an episode with him. From dancing salsa to saying that if somebody cursed about his mother, he'd punch him in the face too. Where, where, where's What are you learning from Scripture where it says to turn the other cheek? And many, many other things that he said, but his recent one was, there is no hell. 
what was more important, not so much what he said, it was an, an interview in the Vatican with a socialist buddy of his, by the way, which he've had, he's had like three or four or five interviews with, with this gentleman, which is an active socialist as well. And um, he's about 90 years old, and he recorded the, the interview. He stated it. What was more alarming, not that the Pope said that there is no such thing as hell, and he said it, by the way, on Good Friday. What was more alarming was the correction from the Vatican that said, oh, uh, the pontiff stated words, his words were a little bit out of context. Uh, he didn't say it that way, but there's no corrections of what he meant. In other words, they concentrated on the way it was written, there is no hell, versus, no, that's not what he meant. What he meant was, no, they didn't do that. They just said, well, he didn't say it that way. That's alarming, folks, because basically what they're saying is he said it, but maybe not that way. Is he putting a scripture to practice? No. How many people follow him as the leader of the Catholic Church? You do the math. Jesus said, there is no other intermediate between man and God if it doesn't go through him. There is no man that is the intermediate. Your confessions of sin are through your heart of repentance, of recognizing your sin. God looks at your heart, and if you're remorseful and he knows the truth, he accepts you and gives you eternal life through Jesus Christ. In fact, when you pray that sinner's prayer, one must say that you want to be forgiven of your sins, every one of them, through the precious blood that Jesus shed for us on the cross. If not, there cannot be salvation. Only through Jesus. Nobody else. What's up next on El Police Radio? Well, we got a couple of uh, new highlights, that's for sure. And one of the things that we're thinking about, believe it or not, I am a firm believer of when it's time to lift up the bar, you lift it up as high as you can possibly do it. It is quite a feat to pull off a weekly show, which is every Thursday, by the way. If you don't know, how do you know to find us? On lpoliceradio.com. Scroll all the way down. The icons for the social networks will pop up, and you can hit each and every one of those. As a result, you can also go to our upcoming shows it's uh, one of the pages on lpoliceradio.com and uh, current and up upcoming shows and you can scroll down and there is an entire list there that goes into September 13th of 2018 and uh, there's a bunch of shows that we've got coming up 
Next week's show after this, after 34, 35, Police Week, we're going to celebrate just like we did Correctional Week, Police Week, which was signed into law by John F. Kennedy on May 15, 1962. Of course, a lot earlier than the Forgotten Profession, but nevertheless, we celebrate Police Week that week. And then there goes into another list. Well, some of the things that we've been thinking about is running two shows a week. That's right. You heard it. No, I'm not nuts. No, you heard it. One show would be launched every Monday, and the other show, which is the traditional show we've been doing, would be released every Thursday. Why? Well, I think our audience is sitting back waiting too long for more information. And have you ever seen a child? Uh, they become restless. They can't sit still. And they deviate from one thing to the next. Well, yeah. Okay. So we want to keep you occupied in the fight. Fight? What fight? We're fighting the commies. They're trying to take over. And they're seeping into the law enforcement world. Okay? Remember what I just told you about my high school buddy? What he just read? It's apologizing. Chief of police for 200 years of policing. Tell that to the victims of horrifying crimes that police solved, giving closure to those families. Tell them you're sorry about that. You know, don't get me started. I'm getting... All right, so we're thinking about doing that. If we do it, we're probably going to do it in September, and we're going to roll uh, after our anniversary show. That's September 13th is our anniversary show, and we will go ahead and roll into, after that, the two-week show, which is going to be uh, launched Mondays and Thursdays. So, you know, we'll we'll keep you up abreast. It'll be... Um, El Police Radio, you know, it's, it's not going to change. It's all going to stay the same as it is. But we're going to up the ante, and we're going to give you a little bit more content. On our shows, we're going to start creating the panel. The panel. Now, I don't have all the panel members right now. The panel members will not appear on every show. Panel members will be selected based on the show. And sometimes we will have the entire panel if we can get them all on, uh, on one time on the air, which that would be a feat in itself. But right now, it appears that the panel will be the Marine. You know, and you know who that is, Mike Sierra. And continue to keep him in your prayers. Um, there's a lot going on behind the scenes, but we are always marching forward in victory. Uh, other panel members, the range master, the gunsmith, the cop, and we're thinking about one or two more. We haven't. We don't want to bring them to light yet because uh, we got to see if we can fit them in. And we're gonna basically throw uh, at you a panel every once in a while when we have a specific topic. We're keeping it real. I could bore you to death and have uh, <clears throat> certain police officials on here and they can talk about how great their agencies are 
and uh, they've been around for X amount of years and how they do different things out of the box than other agencies and bore the hell out of you. But I believe that uh, in this coming year, our second year, we're going to start doing the panel. So that, that's a work in progress, so give us some time with that. All right, as you know, the Latino Officers Association of Florida has asked me to once again take the helm, which I have. And one of our official acts is, actually the official act happened in 2013. Uh, but as I uh, took over, I read the files and certain paperwork that were uh, in the pending box, we'll say. And one of them was dissolve the Latino Officers Association and create the Latino Christian Officers of Florida. Of Florida. And uh, that's what we have done. And we're moving forward with that. Soon, we will fit in our schedules. And they are not on this schedule that we have in front of us, but I will be making some changes. So on the ILPoliceRadio.com show, listing of all the shows that are coming out there, there will be one or two shows on the Latino Christian Officers of Florida. And uh, we will be delighted uh, to have them come on here and talk a little, about, a little bit about our mission statement and what are we trying to achieve. Remember we talked about specific police groups. Some of them do great salsa dancing and more power to them. But what is our objective? And we're going to have a show on that, what we're trying to accomplish and how you can partner with us in order to accomplish those things. So it's been my pleasure and my honor, as always, to be your host on lpoliceradio.com. I want you to remember, as we meet again next week, next Thursday, that you should continue to walk in faith, encourage yourself and others, look up and be fired up, because Jesus loves you. See you next week, folks.